Welcome, everyone, to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I am here to talk about all your favorite issues and publishers. And we're going to launch right in. I don't have any news. Honestly, there hasn't been a lot of really big news in comics lately that I really felt the need to talk about. And I just want to get straight into some reviews. So let's do it. As you all know by now, when we start talking about comics, we usually start with Boom Studios, but no Boom Books this week. So let's start with Ablaze Studios. Um, I'm very, very excited to talk about Ablaze. I have one book, but it's been an all-star for me as of late. It's been a really, really good book lately, and I'm very excited to talk about it. And that is, of course, The Prism number 4. This, of course, as far as creative team goes, is Matteo De Longis uh, with letters by Officie and Bolzoni. Um, this is the book, for those who don't remember, about uh, the world is under threat, and the only thing that can save them is a super band. And so they're building this band of people together to make music and use sound to save the world. Um, we get to get the band they got the band together over the last three issues and now i get to see them in practice and it doesn't go great um you can't just really throw a bunch of creative people together and expect you know a miracle to happen so i think it's going to be a fun and interesting ride as far as that goes we also get a little insight into what's going on in the rest of the world a little bit more in this issue and i think that was a very interesting peak um so we'll see i i've, I've been really enjoying this book the art is beautiful some of the characters are just instantly like likable and i just attached to them immediately but this has been a really really good book um very very cool one i would recommend to a lot of my friends because a lot of my friends are music nerds and would really appreciate the concept of it i think especially my co-host Sway, who is not here obviously but this is definitely something i'm going to make him read at some point so all right next up publisher is dark horse comics i got the one dark horse book this week and it is the finale to Killer Queens Volume 2. Um, this one is written by David Imbur, art by Bradley Clayton, colors by Harry Saxon, letters by Lucas Gattoni. Um, I really liked this volume. I, I like it a lot, and I'm so glad to have it because the original volume was obviously a favorite of our show, and we were really hoping to get more. So seeing more, seeing it happen is really encouraging, and we're really hoping for a third volume because this is the kind of thing that doesn't really need to end. I really appreciate it. Um, diving into Alex's backstory like this has been a real good ride. I appreciate, you know, the angles that we're taking here about the, the level of responsibility, about taking personal responsibility. Um, I do like that there is a, um, a pretty significant, um, like, familial bond. Like, the, the first volume, as much as I really liked, it did feel like a little fun, like a little, little not not so much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It didn't have like a, a solid tension to it as much. It felt fun and a bit goofy, which was great. This one definitely had a bit more of a tension, a bit more of like a genuine heart to it. Um, and I really like it. I thought it was great. Both of them are really good in their own ways, but... Yeah, I just hope we see more Killer Queens. Uh, I'm going to stop praying a little about that because <laughs> I can't quite put my feelings to words. I don't know. I really, really like them, though. They're really good, and uh, everybody should be reading them 100%. So, All right, next publisher is Vault Comics. I got the one Vault book this week, which is The Nasty Number 6, written by John Lees, art by Adam Cahoon, colored by Kurt Michael Russell, and letter by Jim Campbell. 
we start to see the the saga with Red Innis is kind of like breaking down, and there's the, this is mm, things aren't as rosy as they originally seemed, and I think it's a really interesting drama. I think it, the the way it's happening and the implication of maybe it's being tied to this young man's personal feelings is very interesting, and I think it leaves it open for a very climactic ending when it does come. But I, I've really enjoyed this. I thought it was really cool. I love the characters. I love this like this ensemble cast that we have going. And th- there's a creeping dread with this idea that this Red Innis can seriously hurt people, but then they're okay. But obviously the question is, is there any lingering effects? And I think we're going to figure it out. So very cool. I've really been enjoying this book. If you are a fan of uh, horror movies, it's definitely something up your alley. All right, let's switch publishers to uh, let's go to Image Comics. Yes, we're at Image already. It was a small week, uh, but I got a couple of really great books to talk about. First up, let's talk about Cobra Commander number one, uh, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Andrea Milana, colored by Annalisa Leone, and lettered by Russ Wooten. This, of course, is part of the new Skybound Image launch um, for the G.I. Joe Transformers Energon universe. And this introduces introduces us to Cobra Commander, of course, the fated foe of G.I. Joe, but a character that has quite a fandom of his own. Um, I find that the, all G.I. Joe characters have fandoms, and the bad guys have their own. It's very interesting. Um, and it's a cool origin. It's, it's a very interesting way to explore the character. And running alongside what's going on with Duke in his own book, it's really interesting. I want to see where this is going to build up to, how it's going to tie directly into the Transformers. There is a Transformer cameo on here. I'm not going to spoil it, but it was very cool. But yeah, great start. I really like it. And yeah, curious to see where we're going to go from there. After that is The Deviant number 3, written by James Tynan IV, art by Joshua Hickson, letters by Hassan Atsmani Alhau. Oh my gosh, this book. Oh, so we get we get a shift of perspective. We we are following a different character. Uh, I'm going to speak a little vaguely about this one because it is a mystery of sorts, and I don't want to give away too much. But we're following a different character, and it's um, the dread I felt at the end of the last issue is still there because it's not really resolved very well. And by that I mean in a good way. It's it's, it's definitely lingering. Things could have been resolved for me very quickly. But instead, I'm left waiting and trying to figure out what's going to happen. And it's very cool. I I really dug it. We also get to call back to another character that I spoke specifically about. That reminded me of some people I grew up with in the South, is what I'll say. And yeah, man. hmm. This is a really good book, guys. This is a really good book. If you like a good serial killer slasher mystery, it's it's just so good. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's James Tynan the fourth. I mean, what do you expect? Next up is Kill Your Darlings, number five. Stories by Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan with art by Robert Quinn and letters by John J. Hill. Oh my gosh, this issue is so good. We get this extended flashback of uh, even before our hero was born, going back to her mother and what happened and how she came about and the struggles she had. And it really does put into perspective a lot of what already has happened and what we've learned about the mother in the series. And it's, it's just really fascinating. And I think it's going to add a really interesting, deeper layer to 
what has been a really great story. I think it's going to be oh, just fantastic. And we, uh, there are obviously, if you read it again, I'm not going to spoil, but there are consequences from this origin tale that are going to linger in the current time. And uh, yeah, again, it's just a delicious stew of story. <laughs> I really, really excited to see what's going to happen there. And the last image book of the week is what's the furthest place from here? Number 17. Written by Tyler Boston Rosenberg, letter by Hassan Atsmani El Hau, colored by Roman Titov, with Shy Cheeks assisting. I am really excited about this issue because uh, with everything that happened, everything that was revealed in the last issue, we uh, we were at a we were at a turning point where things are going to change, and I was really excited for that. But I was also like a little heartbroken for some of the characters that didn't make it that were left behind if you will and i really was hoping we'd see them again and we do get to see one and it's a revisit of one of the most emotionally arresting issues of the series i'm not going to spoil it because this book is so good and you should read it yourself but yeah what a callback and it shows truly like who these kids are you know what i mean like who they are deep down and the loyalties they have and the the family they have. I just, I love this book. I'll never stop singing its praises. Just, if you're sick of listening to me talk about it, just don't listen when that book's on the, sh- on the show. Sorry. But yeah, uh, what's furthest place from here? Excellent book. Let's talk about DC. Uh, I got a couple DC books this week. Uh, let's get started with Green Lantern War General number five. Now, you might have noticed I did not review Green Lantern War Journal 4. Um, my my shop sold out of it. I didn't get it, so I had to get it afterwards and didn't have any time to review for the show, but I was able to get this one. Written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Montos, color by Adriana Lucas and Chris Sotomayor, letter by Dave Sharp. Uh, really cool issue, and it's, it's about um, this ongoing struggle that John has with this outside force. It's also revolving around his relationship with his mother and the role he kind of plays as a Green Lantern because John has always been a unique Green Lantern. He always has been, but even more so now. And it's just, I love the thing with John, right? That I think doesn't get spoken of enough is Green Lanterns are powered by willpower. And I think of the human Green Lanterns, I think John has the strongest willpower personally. He has so much will. He is iron, you know, and I I love that. And there's a really climactic moment here where he keeps telling himself a Green Lantern can do anything. And it's like, I believe it when he says it. It's really, really good. Uh, But I'm glad to catch up on this book because it's been a really great ride so far. After that is Jay Garrick Flash number four. Uh, this book has been a real surprise to me and how much I've really thoroughly enjoyed it just because I kind of saw it coming out of nowhere. And Jake Eric's never been somebody that's like been like one of my favorites or anything like that. Uh, but I've always been a flash kid as far as DC goes, but, uh, flash and green arrow, but, uh, and Jake Eric, I was like, ah, he's funny. I guess that's cool. I guess. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, written by Jeremy Adams, art by Diego or, or, Colored by Luis Guerrero and letter by Steve Wands. So the key here is the introduction of his daughter. 
that is really what has turned this character around for me and just made me really love this dynamic. I love their designs together. Like, I think her design is great with, with the, with the headband. I think she looks adorable with that ribbon in her hair, but it also really matches his look in an old timey way that I find very charming. I really like these characters and I like that we're finding out this origin of her as she's come back into reality. It's being revealed and it's fundamentally changing his origin too, which I think is really cool. It's a good way to tell the story, but I love this book. I really like the art. I think it's great. And yeah, just these JSA golden age books have been nailing it. I've really enjoyed them all. After that is Catwoman 61. Holy crap. What an issue. Uh, intense, intense issue is what I'll say. Uh, probably the most intensive Teeny Howard's run for me. Uh, story by Teeny Howard, art by Stefano Raffaelli, color by Veronica Gandini, and letter by Lucas Catoni. So Selena knows she has these limited amount of lives, and she's <laughs> she's going to spend them, spend them like you got them, you know? And so she's been doing all these dangerous missions. Well, this one's insanely dangerous, and she even kind of acknowledges it. Like, this might be more dangerous than she thought which is to recover this horrifically radioactive isotope. And she knows she's going to die at least once doing this just because of how radioactive it is. It's really cool. And it's just, it's really grim and just, I really like it. It has a cameo. I'm not going to spoil the cameo for you, but it's a hell of a cameo and it's a dynamic that I don't think we see enough of that I think would be really interesting. It actually got me... Oh, fuck it, I'll tell you. It was Superman. <laughs> so um, it got me theorizing the other night about what if Superman was raised in Gotham and Bruce was raised in Metropolis and kind of like like an Elseworlds kind of thing. If they just... It, like Not just switch cities, but if they were raised that way. And I, was, I thought, that's great. And then I would love the Selena Clark dynamic. I think that's really interesting. So... Ah, really cool. But um, yeah, really, really great book. Speaking of Superman, Superman number 10 is my next book. Uh, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Bruno Redondo and Caio Felipe, color by Adriana Lucas and letter by Ariana Mayer. Uh, I want to thank you so much for drawing Mercy Graves' beautiful arms again, because good God, they're so hot. Uh, but this is a great story where, a time travel story where Clark is taken back into the Old West. And it's just a lot of fun. It, it, it's not, there's not like a, a hefty weight to it. It does give us a chance to explore the origins of Maryland Moonlight, which or Moonlight, which is great. But it is just a fun travel, time travel story. And I like stuff like this for Clark. It's fun. Let him have a little bit of fun. And I think this is really well done. I've really enjoyed this Superman run. I've loved every issue so far. And yeah, just I'm, I'm on board for more. I love all the all the ingredients that are coming from this book. I think it's really good. Next up is Wonder Woman number five. This book, guys, this is probably my DC book of the week. I love this issue. Uh, written by Tom King, art by Daniel Sampier, colored by Tommy Mori, and letter by Clayton Cowles. Um, Diana, with the, with the war against the Amazons going on, she's trying to make it about her and no one else so that no one else is in danger. And... She basically tries to get the Wonder Girls, including Yara, who does not like to be called Wonder Girl, to basically say, I'm not going to be a part of your fight. Don't worry about it. You'll handle it on your own. So they have a series of challenges. Each of them has a chance to challenge her. And 
each challenge I think is very on in character for each one. Uh, and the way they're resolved and everything is really interesting. I really like it. It's a great character study and it's a great relationship dynamic study between her and each of the wonder girls and where they are at. And, I think it's nailed. Each, all four of them are, all four characters are really nailed in this issue in a really great, satisfying way. Um, and at the same time, we see the recruiting of her worst villains. So while Diana is pushing away the people who care about her the most, her people opposing her are bringing each other in and making deals. Very cool dynamic. Very awesome. Of course, it also has a Trinity backup story, which is fantastic and deserves love on its own. Uh, I love Trinity. I love this dynamic with her, Damien, and John. So much fun. All right, next up is Nightwing 110. Uh, written by Tom Taylor, art by Sammy Basri, inked by Vicente Sofuentes, colored by Adriana Lucas, and lettered by Wes Abbott. Um, this is set during Beast World. And uh, I love, there's a dynamic I absolutely love, which is Dick Grayson and Damien Wayne. I love it because Dick truly cares about Damien quite a bit. And if you remember back, Damien was his Robin. And I think that's so unspoken a lot of the time. And I think it really creates a connection between them. Don't get me wrong. I love Damien Jason as a dynamic. They're a lot of fun. But Damien and Dick Grayson are just they're meant to be together as a duo. And I love this. So when Damien runs into problems during beast world and Dick is like, yeah, I know the world's untroubled. I have to get Damien. I love that. I thought that was so in character and so good. I'm not going to lie. Damien's animal transformation was amazing and very, very perfect, but just awesome. And also it introduced a new villain and, and a really cool dynamic of a villain that I think is, uh, I, th I think it's going to be someone that I will be around for a while. And I just, man, Nightwing just has like this amazing future of conflict coming because we have this big bad that's been looming over us for like two, three years. But we also have these other characters that have been really good too. So yeah, love this book. Very, very good. And speaking of Beast World, Titans number seven is my final DC book of the week. This one is um i love this i thought it was so cool and again very in character um to me for the quality of a comic book if they're in character that's at least a six out of ten everything else is bonus um and everyone in this book i thought was very much in character written by tom taylor art by travis moore colored by timberbald villain and letter by wes abbott um the titans again in the middle of this big fight one of their own is the one that caused this. So are they out for revenge? Are they out to take him down? No, they're out to save their friend. And that's the most Titans thing I can think of. I really appreciated this book. It's, um, it's so good. And it's also delving more into the origins of this beast world crossover. And I love the focus on Starfire and her origin. I love the, everything with Nightwing. And then of course is really great and uh raven and the, the things going on in raven's mind is just oh boy man like i don't know it's it's pretty intense for a crossover that from the outside can look goofy if you don't know too much about it and once you're inside of it 
And you know what happened to Gar? Ooh, man. <laughs> so very good. I really enjoyed it. Let's talk about Marvel. So I got a stack of Marvel comics, as always. Let's start, as we always do, with the Star Wars books. Only got the one Star Wars book this week, which is Star Wars The High Republic number three. Uh, this one is written by Gavin Scott, art by Jim Toey and Marika Cresta, colored by Jim Campbell, letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, I'm really enjoying this run of The High Republic, and this specifically because um, we're going back, like we've had a lot of side stories in the in the other series here, but uh, going back to who I believe is could be arguably called the main character of this entire run, which is Keeve Trinis and what their, what Keeve's decisions are, what their actions are in the aftermath of this revelation and this temporary teaming up with the hut cartel and Keeve making this determination to take the fight to the Nihil is so cool. I really, really, really like this book. Um, it's gonna. It's not gonna end well. I don't think everybody's gonna survive, but it's very good. I really dig it. Uh, the High Republic is wonderful, and I say it every time I review one of the books. Every one of you should be reading it. Next up is Miracle Man: The Silver Age, number seven, written by Neil Gaiman, uh, co-written and drawn by Mark Buckingham, colored by Jordi Belair, and lettered by Todd Klein. I love this book. And we do get confirmation that Miracle Man will continue in the Dark Age. So I'm not going to talk too much about it, but uh, this is a book that we talked about quite a bit on the Discord on Certain POV um, that is so good. And it's a book that I know is relatively dear to Case's heart. Um, so I'm very excited for him to catch up and talk to me about it. But yeah, hmm, not a lot I can say without spoiling it. But we are seeing a bit of a... A conflict of interests, I guess, is the way to put it. I personally, I will just say this. I have my eyes on Miracle Woman. That's the one I'm looking at and being like, what's happening here? Something's going on that we're not aware of. So very cool, though. Very good book. If you're unfamiliar with the characters, this run is such a good introduction. After that is Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos, number four. Written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Carlos Magno. Color by Espen Grunthajern and letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, just wrapping up this mini, not going to talk too much about it. Uh, going back to the Cap Wolf, the Werewolf, Captain America, teaming up with the Howling Commandos, and in this case, eventually Nick Fury. Uh, very cool. I also love that Dumdo Dugan gets the girl. <laughs> Always a good sign. It's it, it's not something that normally happens, and I appreciate that. But uh, not too much to say about it, but it was very, very enjoyable. Um, yeah, good little four-issue mini. Definitely worth picking up. After that is Avengers Twilight number one. This comes from Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Kuna, as well as letters by Corey Petit. So this is a really interesting story about a future Marvel universe where the heroes are retired. And that's something we've visited a couple times, but I think this is an interesting angle on it. Um, it is kind of a reimagining of the universe and the rebuilding of the universe but with all the baggage. And I, I really like it. I think it's really cool. I love the art, the Akuna art. It's just so good. Um, and the way we're approaching it and the potential for new characters, I think is really great as well. 
it's strange that this is happening at the same time as we're launching the Ultimate Universe. That's the only thing I will say. Um, it's an interesting editorial choice to do both of those at once. But I do really like it. I think it's great. And as a huge Captain America fan, him being a pretty important part of this is going to be very interesting. And uh, the eventual ending of it and what is left, if you will, <laughs> is going to be very curious too. All right. Next up is my book of the week, which is White Widow number three. I've teased making White Widow my book of the week uh, last few issues, but this time I just had to do it. Written by Sarah Gailey, art by Alessandro Miracolo, colored by Matt Mee, and letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, I love this issue. It's got everything you want from Yelena. Uh, it's action-packed. It's violent. But it's also really funny. Like, And there's just such great character work in it. And this version of Yelena is so approachable to a new fan. This is a great book to get somebody into a comic where you don't have to have the baggage and you, you can introduce them to other characters. In this case, she Hulk is introduced in this issue um, as, as um, a friend slash opponent, I guess is the word to say it. It's just really, really great. I love the characterization of Lena. I love the way she acts in this book and the way she, the, her interior monologue is great. Just, it's so good. I love this book. It's fantastic, and you should all be reading it. Uh, so, yeah. After that is Daredevil number five, written by Saladin Ahmed, uh, art by Farid Karami, colored by Jesus Abertov, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. This is yet another guest-starring She-Hulk book. Uh, in this case, Jen She-Hulk finds out that Matt is alive again and goes to see him and invites him out to lunch. Things get out of control and in a way that I really like. And I love where this is going as far as the overarching story with Matt and the implications of what is coming. I'm trying to be as vague as I can. The implications of what's coming are very interesting and very intriguing and something I'm very much looking forward to. But this book has been really great. Saladin Ahmed uh, run has been such a worthy you know, follow up to the prior run, which was award winning. So I love this book. Fantastic. Next up is Black Panther number eight, written by Eve Ewing, drawn by Mac Chater, Chris Allen, and Craig Young, colored by Jesus Bertov and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, this issue I very much enjoyed. Uh, not mostly in part due to the fact that Monet St. Croix shows up, one of my favorite X-Men. Um and I love her. I want to see her more in the overall Marvel universe because she's just an incredible character. Make her a real Avenger. Thank you. Um, but I love the dynamic with them. Um, she's, she's spot on in this portrayal. I think Monet is a character that is very easy to get wrong. And in this case was done just perfectly. So I loved it. I love Black Panther in general. This run has been so good with him building himself up from the ground floor learning about the dark corners of his country. Wonderful idea. Wonderful execution. Great book. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy number 10. Oh, boy. Written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Art by Kev Walker. Color by Matt Hollingsworth. And letter by Corey Petit. Uh, the Guardians of Grootfall are ready to defend Grootfall. And the battle begins. And it, it's joined in full. And oh my gosh, they got little tricks with their sleeve. It's it's very interesting. 
Um, and we're kind of left off on a, a, a bit of a cliffhanger. So we'll see what's going to happen there. But I've, I thought I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I think it's really, really cool. Lansing and Kelly are killing it with this run. I love the Western aesthetic for a lot of it. I love the, the characters at their lowest is how we started with them. And we're slowly recovering from there. Just a really great dynamic. And I do hope once group falls over, we get the expanded team back a bit more. Because Hercules was a great, great addition to this group. And there's several others, Moondragon and such, that were really great members of the Guardians that I really hope to see again. So after that is Fantastic Four, number 16, written by Ryan North, art by Francesco Mortorino, color by Brian Reber, and letter by Joe Caramagna. I one of my weaknesses is when I was a kid, I read all the Power Pack books. I loved Power Pack. I thought it was the coolest stuff. I wanted to be in Power Pack. Even though I was like eight i had a crush on julie power later found out she's gay that's fun um but yeah so i always had a soft soft spot in my heart for franklin richards and then later valeria his sister and so having the two of them back in the fantastic four dynamic and immediately giving them an issue dedicated to them was so much fun um there's so much great family fun to be had with the fantastic four and this issue is just a great example of it it's it's a great standalone issue too it doesn't have to be attached to anything else, but it can be. And I think that's wonderful. I love this book. Um, I've loved this entire run. I don't know what else to say about it. It's fantastic. Pick it up. All right. Let's talk about some Spidey books. First of all, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. Uh, this is cool because we're getting one of these every week now. And so I think they did that with the last Miguel O'Hara book, which was really cool. So I'm glad to see that. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Jason Moore. Color by Roll and Gulo and Letter by Corey Petit. Congratulations to Jason for landing a Spider-Man gig. Jason, uh, you might know as the artist of By the Horns, one of my favorite books and a three-time Remy Award-winning uh, book. Landing this this job and nailing it. I love, 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 love Jason's Werewolf, uh, Werewolf by Night 2099. I think it's a really cool design. And it's definitely where I was like, hey, wait, that's Jason. <laughs> like, I know that art. Wait a minute. Um, but really cool dynamic. And it's a great addition to this monster mash that Miguel has been having. And uh, yeah, really, really good story. And I love that we're building this almost Midnight Suns 2099 organization that they could bring together and be a badass like story with. So wonderful, great stuff. And once again, congratulations, Jason. Next up, Amazing Spider-Man 42, part of Gang War. This is kind of part two of the, from the last issue. They're kind of like one big story. Written by Zeb Wells, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Scott Hanna, clipped by Marcio Meniz, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. As the other Gang War stuff is happening, the main story seems to be coming down to Beetle versus Madame Mask. And that's kind of what this book does, is it gets us to that point. And... Um, it definitely has implications of like something horrible happening um, and massive amounts of damage possibly being done. Uh, this issue, which I won't speak too much about to about specifically does get us to that point though. Um, so I'm very curious to see how, where we're going to go from here. What is the aftermath? What is the effects of this? We don't have a lot left of this crossover, so we'll see. Speaking of gang war, Jackpot, number one. Written by Celeste Bronfman, art by Joy Vasquez with Eric Gapster, colored by Edgar Delgado with Eric Arcinega, and letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, 
getting this, uh, I believe it's just going to be a one shot, but this one shot for MJ and her new powers. I, I really like this MJ. Um, I'm a big fan of the, the power set, even though it is a little on the nose with being MJ. I think it's fun. There's no reason not to be on the nose. If you have a bad guy called Dr. Octopus, who's named Otto Octavius, who has eight limbs, it's okay to be on the nose in comics. It's fine. But I really like it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I like the dynamic of it. I like um, I like this being a tease to the upcoming Jackpot and Black Cat book, which I'm 100% going to buy. So, yeah. Good stuff. Quick tie-in to Gang War. Didn't overstay its welcome. I thought it was very good. Now some quick X-Books. Uh, Cable, number one. Written by one of my favorites of all time, Fabian Nicesia. Uh, penciled by Scott Eaton, inked by Cam Smith and Victor Nava, colored by Hava Tartelia, lettered by Joe Sabino. Um, I, I really like this one because it is featuring a team-up of two different uh, Nate Grays, or Nate Summers, if you will, across two different like times in their life to settle this, this potential future threat. I thought it was really cool. It is weirdly timed to happen at the same time as fall of X, but there might be a reason for that. So I'm not going to judge that ahead of time, but yeah, very enjoyable. Uh, Fabian back on cable is always welcome. Um, just yeah, love Fabian. So really good stuff. Next up is invincible iron man 14 continuing to be in the X section for now. Uh, this one is <laughs> written by Gary Dugan. Art by Andrea DeVito, colored by Brian Valenza, letter by Joe Caramagna. I, this is just part of the fight against Orcus, and there's a lot that goes on here, including uh, Riri coming to grips with using the Mandarin rings and everything. Very interesting. Uh, but, of course, the highlight of this book is Tony Stark being the luckiest man alive as Emma Frost comforts him, and I hate him. I hate Tony. I hate him so much. But what a book. This has been really good. And final book of the week is X-Men number 30. Uh, I love that both books with Gary Dugan start with two people in bed together having sex. Uh, written by Gary Dugan, art by Phil Noto, letter by Clayton Cowles. Um, this is, you know, the what's going on with the X-Men team during this. And it does lead to Everett and Talon making a side mission over to Counter-Earth to get something they need with some massive repercussions um again not spoiling you'll have to check it out for yourself but man this this has the potential to change everything and i don't know how to feel about it so i'm gonna leave it up to you guys to read and let me know what you think because man oh man we'll see but that's it that's all the comics of the week like i said it was a very short week and it looks like next week will be as well so uh make sure to tune in next week for that uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. Don't forget to check out the show on Twitter at WHI Podcast. That is the best place to follow because you'll get an announcement every time a new episode comes up, timestamps for the publishers, and a list of every issue released or that we reviewed that week. So it's the best way to keep up with us. Check out our other show, Jukebox Vertigo at Jukebox Vertigo. This is our musical playlist building show. Uh, we've been doing episodes every month where we are talking about different musical subjects and our opinions on them and what we think. Uh, the most recent episode up was our Christmas episode, but by the end of the month, we should have an episode up about boy bands. And I'm very excited to talk about boy bands because there's a lot of music stuff that I want to talk about that 
maybe isn't very cool. And I think it's fun to explore that. So make sure to check that out once again on Twitter at Jukebox Vertigo. And finally, make sure to check out our network for Jukebox Vertigo, which is Certain POV. You can find them on Twitter at Certain POV Media. You can find us at CertainPOV.com. Uh, make sure to check it out there. You might find your new favorite uh, podcast network or podcast uh, show. Maybe you'll like a little bit of Men of Steel if you're a big Superman fan. Maybe you'll like Reignite. Uh, there's a bunch of great shows on there. I love them all. Uh, make sure to check it out once again at Certain POV Media and at CertainPOV.com. And join the Discord. We need more voices, please. We have so much fun in there. And everybody's respectful. It's a really great time. Don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week in the new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Video games are a unique medium. They can tell stories. Immerse us in strange, fantastic worlds. Blur the very boundaries of our reality. But at the end of the day, video games are fun. Whatever fun is to you. I'm Jeff Moonen. And I am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And on Fun and Games, we talk about the history, trends, and community of video games. It's a celebration of all the games we play and all the fun we find within them. And there's so many more games out there. So we hope you'll share in that conversation with us. Fun and Games podcast with Matt and Jeff. Find us on certainpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And happy gaming.